0: Yes. Yes. Welcome into the Tim McKernan show from the home loan expert dot com studios. Timothy Michael McKernan in action. Jackson with you. The program is QFTA. You sending questions, comments, erotic stories, anything and everything. Welcome. I uh, continue to make my offer of maybe I need to up it. You know what? I will up it to fifty dollars. Fifty bones. Fifty bones. Venmo to you. Got to use your real name. That can be a you know tripwire. Uh, try to piss me off. Let's do this. Fire him up. Do you think you could piss me off?
1: I mean, yeah. Good.
0: You have? No, no. I think I could. Okay. okay. How? What would your move be? Get to the bottom of this. Thank you to the Home Loan Expert. This com. is a wild question. Thank uh, you to Manganes, St. Louis. Accurate. just
1: make shit up, I guess.
0: Thank you to James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. Thank you to Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Thank you to Seth Goldcamp of Design Air Heating and Cooling. He was sitting right here yesterday, Jackson. Right here southwestdesignerservice.com.
1: That's great people.
0: Uh, Make something up?
1: Yeah, I would just, like, make up, like, a theory and then work off of that. Like, I would write you a really long email Mm -hmm. where I present a theory that is totally made up and then write, like, 20 paragraphs about, you know, my conclusion based on that false theory. And then also be like, I've talked to a lot of people who agree and I haven't talked to anybody. Like, I'm just, I would pick out, like, the little things that would annoy you and it would summate into this, like, Big crescendo of like, okay, now I'm
0: upset. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Because what I'm doing here is I'm trying to find my my soft spot. Mm. Mm-hmm. What is yeah. my weakness? Yeah, you're a
1: little uh, tunnel in the uh, Death Star. I yeah, Star Wars. Wonderful.
0: Yeah. Uh, and and I I don't know what it is, but then it makes me think. People don't want to put their name on it, and so they're not sending it in. But then I don't know what's the best way to go about doing it, because I still want it.
1: Well, my theory is— I can't
0: in- Venmo somebody if I don't have their real
1: name. No, you can't. name. Uh, I think generally, as uh, some we've talked about before, people in one-on-one scenarios don't talk to— people the same way they do in a forum of some sort or uh, a message board
0: come and get your likes
1: exactly or you know in the case of like message board or a reddit thread or something you know they're just trying to kind of evoke conversation so they talk differently because they're talking in front of an audience when they're talking to you one-on-one you know it's tough for someone to do that you know whether it be an email or in person like it's tough to be like really like let you have no yeah. easier in an email but like if you were to get on a phone call or a zoom call like People just won't do that because most humans, you know, it's human nature that when you're talking with someone one-on-one, you have a certain level of respect for them.
0: Right. I agree. I agree with that overall. And that uh, that leads me to a bunch of questions. We have so many here from the last couple of weeks that I haven't gotten to. I'm just going to try and knock out as many as I can. So Tim, you- we're all aware of the incredible success and support of the Battlehawks in the 2020-23 seasons. However, the XFL as a whole struggled in attendance and TV ratings. Do you see any possible scenario where the XFL shutters and the Rock pools all the league's best office resources into St. Louis and takes the battle off to the NFL? I'm, it's aware, I'm aware it's asinine, but I had to ask. Thanks, Mudjack Mike. Jackson, how do you think I'm going to answer this question? No. That's the correct answer. No. Nope. That's the correct answer. Uh, absolutely not. Period. I would love to tickle your balls. Right. There was a, uh, an article on uh, the Two Fox uh, doing a little clickbait. With uh, something along the lines of NBA and expansion, wow. did you see that yesterday?
1: Yeah, it's so clickbaity nonsense. It is the game, though. Like
0: it's the industry we've chosen.
1: Adam Silver said we're thinking about expansion, and then everyone's like, "People are talking about the NBA coming to St. Louis." It's like, no, they no not at all, actually.
0: It's uh, quite an industry. Uh, so my answer is no. Um, just like a period. I, I I would love to elaborate on it, but I, there's just nothing in my mind, that thinks that would be even a sliver of a possibility. Mudjack Mike, I respect the question. I, I don't mean to be dismissive of you individually, but of the question, I see it as a hard no. Next up, Tim. First off, I would like to say I'm a fairly big dogs fan. I've watched most of the game so far. I do not know how much of a deep-dive topic this would be, but I just wanted to give you a chance to respond to a few declarative statements made But guests on your shows, maybe by guests on your shows over the last week or so. Joey Zanaboni said the parade down market for City SC, should they win, uh, would be more popular than the legendary Blue Stanley Cup parade in 2019. On Balloon Party, Taylor Twelman said the dogs are going to be more popular than the Cardinals. I'm not arguing that the dogs games aren't exciting and there aren't fans that are all in on the dogs. I'm just calling out these statements for being a little too Stephen, Stephen, a Smitty, uh, or do you really think they believe these statements? Do you feel like there is an inferiority complex associated with MLS and its status stacked up to the NHL, let alone MLB? Do you think they are just trying to capitalize on the momentum and build the fan base? That's from Bobby Big Wheels. Um... Joey Zanaboni's comment, that is accurate. And it stopped me in my tracks as one of the people on the interview. And so I followed up with him Mm -hmm. and he said it again. Um, I do believe he believes it. I personally don't and think it's just far from accurate as Mm -hmm. to what would happen. Um, With that said, if they somehow got into a position um, to win it all... Uh, St. Louis would absolutely go crazy about it but what took place in 2019 was about 67, 68, 69, 70, 71, 72, 73 and all the way to 2019 and the generations of fans who've come and gone uh, who wanted to see that moment and so it was a celebration for the ages literally. Uh, the dogs have been here for three months, and so it just wouldn't be the same thing. And I don't even know if that's got anything to do with soccer, because you might be able to replace the two. I realize MLS isn't as big as the NHL, but it's not like NHL is as big as the NFL or NBA. Um, and it's just a different animal because of the fact that of the newness of MLS here and the wounds Because I really do believe that the the Blues were like the Chicago Cubs of the NHL. Uh, And with regards to Taylor Twelman, I don't think it's a fair representation of what he said to say Twelman said the Dogs are going to be more popular than the Cardinals.
1: That's not how I took it. Uh,
0: What he said, I know he said the Cardinals suck right now, and if you ask people where they would rather be, they would rather be at a City game. And I think a lot of people would feel that way, especially if you're younger. And this is one of the things we talked about going into the season, that the atmosphere at that game, at that stadium, is going to be different than anything we've seen in St. Louis. And it is. It's absolutely incredible. I expected it to be youthful. I expected it to be uh, electric and people standing up but I didn't expect it to be this great. And uh, people will spend a lot of money to get tickets to a dogs game right now. So it's an absolutely incredible phenomenon. Um, But I don't think that Taylor Twelman was saying that the dogs are going to be more popular than the Cardinals. If I'm wrong on that, I I really apologize, but that is not how I took it when he said it. Uh, And with regards to an inferiority complex, I don't see it that way. I think, you know, sometimes if you're you're passionate about the NBA – I'm passionate about golf, more playing probably than actually the, the tours um, that you can, you can get caught up in. I was talking about this with Doug during a commercial break actually today. Um, he did a sound story, and everything for the guest that he talked to revolved around one particular sport. And I don't want to say what sport because I don't want it to – but it was so strange for Doug that that was his world, this Mm -hmm. particular sport. For the record, it wasn't golf. Um, But as somebody who was all in on the poker world for a number of years and is now all in on golf, I realize how on the outside looking in to 99-plus percent of the population, they view it as, number one, who gives a fuck. Mm -hmm. I mean, at at the absolute Mm -hmm. forefront. And then number two, in a way, like, it's a little weird that You know, you have a job and a family, and you're that consumed with poker or golf or fantasy sports or something along those lines. I mean, if it's a job or if it's a way that you make money, that's a different situation. Um, But a hobby, to be that consumed by it. So I think in the case of Taylor and Joey, they are living in the soccer bubble. They're absolutely passionate about it. Taylor has been for a while. Um, And so through their lens, that's how they see things. I do not think they're being disingenuous. I think Taylor will say things popular, unpopular, and not give a damn. So uh, I think that's how they really feel. Uh, I don't think Taylor said the dogs are going to be more popular than the Cardinals, so I'm just taking that one off the table. And Joey did say what uh, Bobby Big Wheels is saying. He said... And I just disagree with it. And I thought, in the moment, it was so surprising that I followed up to make sure I heard it correctly. Jackson, I'm on my third question here. Yeah. What do you think about this. Sounds- you ever seen a QFTA like this?
1: No, this uh, it's like in the twilight zone at the moment.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just like I, I've got so many that I that I. Uh, that I, I don't know what direction to go. Uh, I like the
1: rapid-fire element because we're so used to doing deep dives and right. real introspective discussions. I think a rapid-fire is a nice change well, of pace. Well, people
0: send in emails and they don't get them read, and I'm like, okay, I got, I got them backlogged here. Let me get to them. Good afternoon. I was listening to the show from this morning, and this was sent in on June 6th, and had interesting thought. Well, calling it interesting might be a stretch, but discussions regarding crime downtown and sponsors... I do agree that crime is out of control, but I don't let that fear prevent me from going downtown. While I mainly go downtown for sporting events, I do sometimes go for random outings. Full disclosure, I'm 35 with two kids, so I'm not exactly the go-out-until-2 a.m. crowd and mainly see downtown during the day-slash-early evening. I usually feel safe, but you have to be aware of your surroundings, especially with a six-year-old with you. Anyway, there was a sequence on the show today where Doug mentioned the near-riot on the riverfront that forced tourists to stay on the boat for an extra hour while the cops got the situation under control. Just beside that, uh, Iggy said that he was too afraid to go downtown. Plowsy, I believe, defended the city but said downtown was bad and went right into a spot for TMA Day at the ballpark in Salt and Smoke. Just again, correcting the record, it's for the purpose of making sure things are accurate. There's no way Plowboy was doing a spot just because Plowboy doesn't do spots. Uh, so it would have been me, most likely, talking about TMA Day at the ballpark. I'll Get your tickets at TMASTL.com. Uh, did the folks at Salt and Smoke and Maggie O'Brien's ever show concern about the show discussing crime downtown and are worried that it might scare patrons away? I guess their target market already has the relationship with the sponsors. I love the redevelopment of Maggie O'Brien. Still need to check out the BPV location of Salt and Smoke. And I doubt they'd ever tell you what to discuss, but I'm curious if it's ever mentioned. I agree that I would buy stock in St. Louis, mostly because the stock is so cheap, but also I'm a big St. Louis homer, and I'm hoping the projects will add residents: Butler Brothers Building, the potential redevelopment of the Mike Shannon plot of land, the new apartment building near Wheelhouse, and hopefully Ballpark Village 3, which then will hopefully lead to more retail and dining options. It's a chicken and egg situation. And hopefully the city and developers figure it out soon. I don't have a fun text or show name, so maybe just use my first name if this is read on QFTA. Have a great day. That's from Dan. P.S. Jackson, great job with your weight loss. You've inspired me to get more serious about getting back in shape. I'm up 30-plus pounds since the start of the pandemic, uh, so please keep the audience updated on how you're doing. What are you down, 25 pounds? 20. Look at you. Yeah, looking good. Um, to answer your question, he, he addressed where I was about to go before I read that second paragraph. Uh, no, uh, Salt and Smoke and Maggie O'Brien's never say, hey, don't talk about crime downtown at all. Um, and honestly, if they did, I'd go, well, that's cool. We'll just politely decline your dollars. Right. Nobody's going to tell us, you know, what we can and can't say on our show uh, with regard to opinions. Now, people are passing off facts as truths that are not true, and especially if they're doing it with malicious intent. That's a totally different thing. I'd like to think that does not go on on our show um, so with that said, uh, Tom Schmidt from salt and smoke was in here about three weeks ago and we were BSing and, uh, he said, uh, the, the downtown store, the ballpark village was killing it,
1: which is awesome. Killing to hear. it.
0: So awesome. Killing to hear. it at lunch and is just doing incredibly well. And Maggie O'Brien's I know has done incredibly well with their renovations. So I think you can compartmentalize the conversation about locations in downtown St. Louis and then still running parallel to it, have a conversation about crime. Real straightforward with the audience, you know, I lived on Washington Avenue from uh, 2009 to 2011, and then we lived in uh, the Park Pacific building in 2011-2012. But since then... Outside of a Cardinal game or a Blues game, I can't imagine I have spent more than two weeks total, so 14 days total, in downtown St. Louis. Just haven't. So I would consider myself unknowledgeable, ignorant on the topic. I can certainly read articles about the crime and can read articles about the way in which crime was being prosecuted or not under Kim Gardner. Um... But I can't speak to recent years and what I have seen. I can speak to working at KMOV from 2000 to 2005 and living downtown for three years. And what I would say is a lot of the things that I'm hearing now, I heard back then, is that I don't feel safe downtown. And I would walk to my car after anchoring a KMOV at 10 o'clock at night. So I'd be walking, you know, after the news at 10.30, 11 o'clock. And I didn't think anything of it. And what stood out to me, or I walked back from Bush Stadium after a game and just didn't think, and and you know what stood out to me? There was no one around. That's what stood out to me. But let me make this clear. It's 18 years ago. Things can change. Um, With regards to um, the potential for downtown to experience a resurgence Whereas I'm buying stock on St. Louis, just like uh, Dan is, and I have said before that is because the stock is cheap, so I wouldn't be buying it like I'd be buying Nashville or Austin right now, for example, where the stock's, on the stock's an all-time high. Um, I, I would sell all day on downtown St. Louis. I think the idea of a downtown being a necessity for a metropolitan area to thrive is very 20th century and i think it's something that st louis would be better off if it moved past i also expect this to be met with resistance it's not popular it's certainly anti-dogma um, but i was for years from the late 1990s through the new ballpark being built um, the right word is Jackson a dreamer I think on St. Louis being able to turn into in a way what Denver turned into with Coors Field um, and seeing all these young professionals move downtown and then all of these bars and restaurants spring up if that's going to happen I believe the way it's going to happen is, for whatever reason, whatever industry makes St. Louis its home, or people just go, my God, I can live in St. Louis, and it's super cheap relative to, take Mm -hmm. your pick of New York, Chicago, L.A., Miami, um, and then you will have the bars and restaurants and residential with 20-somethings and 30-somethings who don't have children. That's what I thought. I think that's what the Cardinals, in a way, were kind of pitching. That's what I thought would happen with the new Bush Stadium. And so I was such an advocate of it because I was picturing Denver. But St. Louis is not Denver. That doesn't make St. Louis worse than Denver. It's just different. And the way to separate, I think, the two outside of the obvious with the element of the mountains and and what that brings to the table with – people traveling for or relocating for, that is young people with money per capita and also having children later on. And if you have children, you're not going to live in downtown St. Louis. I'm sure there are some people who do, but most will not. And then following it up, There just isn't, at the moment, Can change, but at the moment, the money to have somebody who is your age, 25 Mm -hmm. to 28, really, spending $2,500 a month on rent in downtown St. Louis. Do those people exist? Of course they exist. Are there enough for it to turn into, like, Lincoln Park? No. And that is it. So, I visualized, mistakenly so, St. Louis turn, downtown St. Louis turning into um, some kind of young, professional, college-educated hub where Washington Avenue would not just be a two-block oasis, but would spread throughout downtown, downtown St. Louis, connect the north side of downtown Washington Avenue with the south side Bush Stadium. And I just don't think it's going to happen. I would love for it to happen, but I do not think it is going to happen. And so I guess the newest ones to give people hope, and I would tell you I think unfortunately it's false hope. I love hope, but I also don't love bullshit, and I will choose honesty over anything. Uh, Is the Butler Brothers building, the potential redevelopment of the Mike Shannon plot of land, the new apartment building near Wheelhouse, and hopefully BPV3. It's just... It's, it's, it's your generation's version of Walt Park Village for me or Washington Avenue for me. It's just not something that I believe is realistic and something that is going to lead to um, downtown St. Louis turning into whatever downtown you'd want to cite as a great example of a place that is a young, professional haven. I don't see it happening, and I think there is a real chance that whenever the Blues want a new building and the Cardinals want a new building which I know may sound crazy to you, but this is the 18th season in that stadium. Wow. Um, And uh, the Braves already, I believe, were close to moving out of Turner Field after 18 seasons to what is now Truist, is it not? It was SunTrust. Yeah, Truist Park. Uh, And that's an extreme example. But with that said... The Braves did it because the Population Center was closer to, I believe it's the north side of Atlanta, than where Truist Park, or where Turner Field was, which is closer to downtown Atlanta, and so that's why they did it. And I would tell you that, I know it's not going to happen now because the Cardinals spent all this money on development, but perhaps down the road, you go, okay, we're just going to redevelop or develop an area in take your pick, but out as opposed to in downtown I just I just don't I just don't I, I don't buy it and, and it's such a it's such a position shift it's not a position shift for money purposes it's an observational position shift that I just don't see it number one is necessary and number two if it's ever gonna happen it's just not gonna ha- you'll have blocks like we had mm-hmm. when I lived in grace lofts and in Park Pacific but you're just not going to have in St. Louis unless a bunch of young people move here for a particular industry that sets up shop here. Uh, downtown St. Louis experience this rebirth that so many people, myself included, want to see or hope to see happen. What is your opinion as somebody who's 20 years younger?
1: Well, my opinion on all of this, on top of the crime question that was asked and all that is, I just don't think any of this can happen until the city and county merge. Like I just don't see... Because if you want to get rid of crime, like, all that stuff that he mentioned uh, about all of this, band-aids, in my opinion. Like, they're they're good stuff. Don't get me wrong. It's, like, good to have that. But they're, like, band-aids. Putting more cops on the street, to me, is a band-aid. Like, getting Kevin Gardner out is a band-aid. All that stuff is band-aids. If you want to get to the root of, like, the issue, you need more affordable housing downtown. You need better school systems downtown. You need getting more jobs downtown. you got to, because crime happens in low-income areas, and so downtown St. Louis is a low-income area. You have to get more residential people moving into there, and you're going to do that by getting more money into downtown St. Louis, and that just can't happen at the moment because they don't have the funding, and if you live in the city of St. Louis, you get the earnings tax.
0: And yeah, that's a that's a that's a that's a factor, and that keeps people from living down there, and it keeps the, companies from moving that
1: big time. And that is,
0: but the city is not financially health healthy, and that's losing money from the top line. So it's not something they're real apt to do. But it is it is a situation. I mean, to me, the chicken and egg is not a oh well you know what comes first. It is young people with money who don't have families who want to be around nightlife restaurants independent restaurants not chains um you know like late night opportunities mm-hmm. to fuck to be real blunt mm-hmm. um and drink and smoke weed and don't want to be in the suburbs right but you have to have money to do that and in st louis most young people and i'm saying young and i'm saying 30 and under certainly they're plenty who make money, but I'm talking about, I, I, and I, I'm not sitting here with the data in front of me, and I realize comparing Chicago and St. Louis is really not fair, but the num, the percentage of people 30 and under in Chicago making, I don't know, I guess I'll say six figures mm-hmm. uh, versus the percentage in St. Louis, I would imagine it's in absurd discrepancy.
1: I would think that would be the case. And if you
0: want to go more apples to apples, even though it's still not apples to apples, Denver, I would say there's a large discrepancy. And even a city that 25 years ago was looking up at St. Louis and now is starting to look down at St. Louis in Nashville, I would imagine there is a large discrepancy. And that's what I'm saying. That's the necessity. And that is why uh, some of this is... A reality I've come to terms with that was something that I was dreaming could happen that never really could happen you can't have that building where Stephen Wildwood lives can't be occupied by nothing but 20 and 30-somethings with no kids and because it costs a a good amount of money you know I mean if he's spending what's the the math on that oh crap is it $30,000 a year I guess it is in rent I mean, Probably. how many how many people, uh, first off, who would, would do that when in St. Louis, in twenty five hundred dollars, you can have a nice home. Oh yeah, for a mortgage payment, you know. So, it's just it's just, I just don't see it as likely to happen. That's by the way, would love to be wrong. I want to make sure I say that this isn't. But I just I just don't think it's going to happen. And I think I think in a way. It's one of those things. It's like we got to fix downtown. We got to fix downtown. I'm like, yeah, it isn't happening. Let's move on. Now I know you can't move on because the Cardinals have had all this development, but I just don't think it's. I just don't think it's going to magically get better. I mean, in a way, the reason why the ballparks were built down there, Bush Stadium was built down there, uh, was to try to experience a rejuvenation for downtown in the early 1960s. It just isn't going to happen. People are going to view downtown as a place that they go, for the most part, for concerts and for games, and then they vacate and they try to get out as quickly as possible for most for fear, some of which is founded, much of which is unfounded but is based on not being around it much and just, oh, my God, there must be somebody lurking around the corner. Or you see videos of, you know, cars busted in or arrests or people driving 100 miles an hour down Broadway and street racing. Um, so want nothing to do with that. I understand that. Uh, final one here, Jax. I'm going to do a half hour QFTA. What do you think about this with four questions?
1: Yeah. That to do a half hour with four questions.
0: Unheard of. Yeah, Never been done.
1: That, that formula doesn't add up.
0: Oh, here we go. Hey Tim, I'm PLTDing Monday. So I don't have to chime in with my Friday show experience after hearing the roast on hour two, I took Friday off. I legit listened to the first five minutes on Friday and had an intuition from those five that it was just going to be a Ken show, and I turned it off. I understand some in the audience are thoroughly entertained from Ken's tales, which I feel like I've heard each and every one of them. He tells on the radio at least 15 times, and that's fine. Some people like some things, and some people like other things. As for me, it's just not for me, so I just turned it off and listened to music. My preference would be to hear Jackson, Doug, and Rocchio talk about the NBA— What
1: what a threesome that would be.
0: But then if that were on the air, there probably would be more people hating on that than the Ken show from Friday. Thanks. That's from James Phelps. So I've missed four TMAs in 2023. I'm not sure how many days exactly I have off, but I know I didn't use all of my vacation. And I can't recall what the deal is here at Hubbard Radio, but can carry over? Yeah. Oh, wow. (laughs) So I am looking at five more weeks of vacation between now and the end of the year. I probably won't use it all. Right. But I'm planning on going into Hilton Head with my family. Honestly, I'm probably going to take that laptop I used in Jupiter so I can do the show just because I don't... I don't know. I feel like it would be problematic if I took eight shows off. The three shows after the 4th of July and then the five shows. And I hate that. I gotta be honest, I hate that. now. I think you do a hell of a job running point. I really do. I'm not just saying that because it could be me and Doug sitting here talking. I'd say the same thing. Appreciate you. Um, But I just, I don't know if I can take it. And I hate that because I haven't done it. And, you know, my kids are only going to be these ages for so long. And Jameson will be at a point here within, like, six years where he's not going to really want to hang out with me. It's just the nature of, you know, the process. Um, So... It's, um, it's, a, it's a tough thing that I go back and forth on. I don't know what to say. Um, I, you know, this is an extreme example of an email. There are plenty of people who hate me, uh, obviously. But um, I don't think it's, I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I, he's telling his stories. I think people are just used to the way a show sounds, and it sounds different, and then so therefore they think it is bad. That's what I would say.
1: Exactly. I think that at that point right there, Tim, is, is it. Yeah. If, if you've heard one—if you know one recipe, Tim, if you know how to make spaghetti and meatballs and someone asks you to make dinner, you're going to make spaghetti and meatballs. If you've listened to a show for almost 20 years and the same guy is running Point on it, basically every show for 20 years and someone makes something different, it's not going to taste like spaghetti and meatballs anymore. So it's gonna, you're going to naturally think it's not as good. And that's just how it is. But sometimes you got to try something else, not saying anything's going to be better— but it's just gonna be different. You gotta kind of embrace that. No, going into it, knowing that. Yeah. So yeah, I think that that's it. It's just different.
0: Um, but I mean, I, my, you know, I don't know. I'm going. I've really had a tough time with this with this this vacation mm-hmm. because while I've taken off one day each of the last three weeks, I believe, um, I haven't taken like a long vacation. I don't think where it was just me taking time off since August of last year if I'm not mistaken, when we yeah. went uh, out of town with the family. So, but I'm like, I don't know how to do it, you know? Um, so I go back and forth on that, and I know you're not a parent, so you, you know, you, yeah, it's tough it, you can't see it through that lens, but mm-hmm. I know there are parents listening to this. And I know if I went to Tommy, who's in charge of programming, uh, he'd go, dude, take the time off you know, we want you to take the time off. We don't want you to burn. He like, he's just like, he's like, we're just waiting for you to come to me and say you're burnt out and you're quitting one of the shows. That's what we're waiting for, you know. Um, but it's th- not it. It's, that's not it at all. It's, I want to have that time with my family and not go, okay, from 8 to 12 Eastern, I'm going to be sitting somewhere doing the show. Mm-hmm. So I go back and forth on, on that and how to even handle it. Um, but... Uh, it's it's not about the show being bad because it's not it's different you're not used to the certain pacing and the things that i do and right.
1: it's one and, less voice too when you only have five voices and there's one less sure, voice it's absolutely
0: sound different so it was, it's just one of those things it's absolutely not a reflection on on the show and Doug's out the show sounds different 100%. all of a sudden i lose my ability to do a show no but it sounds different right. so it's just one of those things that's 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 the nature of the beast. All right, time for us to shut it down. You are welcome to send in your questions, your comments. Tim McKernan at insidestl.com. QFTA brought to you by the Home James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency online at carltoninsurance.net. Seth Goldcamp of Design Air Heating and Cooling online at designairservice.com. And also Mark Hanna of Evergreen Well Strategies online at evergreenstl.com. And Jamie Burkhardt, Clayton Patterson, and Pierre Vonganast of Runganast, St. Louis Acura. And Alton Toyota online at st. And AltonToyota.com for action. Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This is Babe. The Tim McCurden Show from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios.